That was the Sunday Escape. Take care. See ya. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will streamline procedures to boost the supply of land and housing. Voting is underway in elections in Japan's Upper House of Parliament, just two days after the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. And Sri Lanka's president, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, is to step down following mass protests in which his residence was seized by protesters. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will streamline procedures to boost the supply of land and housing. Speaking on a radio programme, Mr Chan said supply should be increased quicker, including through cutting back on government bureaucracy. He said he will personally lead a high-level steering committee to oversee amendments to legislation to shorten times required for statutory procedures, avoid bureaucratic overlaps between different departments and simplify unclear and out-of-date arrangements. The government is urging travellers to avoid going to the Shenzhen Bay control point until later today, as long queues formed this morning of people waiting for Covid tests to be allowed to cross the border. A government spokesman said travellers were currently experiencing wait times around, of around three hours for a special nucleic acid test and that it would be better to wait until after 3pm before heading to the control point. Voting has begun in elections for Japan's Upper House of Parliament. It comes just two days after the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The BBC's Guy Pitt reports... Analysts suggest Mr Abe's murder could boost support for the governing Liberal Democratic Party, of which he was the leading statesman. He was shot dead while campaigning for a local party candidate in the western city of Nara. Campaigning was briefly halted after the attack, but resumed on Saturday. There was an especially high police presence around the current Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, a protégé of Mr Abe. Polls last week suggested that the LDP could win 60 of the 125 seats being contested, allowing it to maintain the majority in the chamber, which it holds with its junior coalition partner, Komito. The Speaker of Sri Lanka's Parliament has announced that President Gotabaya Rajapaksa will step down next Wednesday. It follows a day of mass protests, during which Mr Rajapaksa's residence was seized by demonstrators and the Prime Minister's home was set on fire. Mahinda Yapa Abwadena has said the president's decision was to ensure a peaceful handover of power. There's been no word so far from President Rajapaksa himself, whose whereabouts are unknown. Harsha da Silva, an opposition MP, was at the meeting where it was agreed the prime minister and the president should resign. Actually, the end was not all that great with uh, the Prime Minister's private residence being burnt down. But besides that, yes, we got uh, what uh, we uh, were looking for. I mean, we don't, nobody wants dynastic politics. And this is what people, you know, wanted to get rid of. And in that sense, I think the people are elated. Police in southern Ukraine say they've opened criminal proceedings against Russia's military, accusing it of deliberately destroying crops in the Kherson region. They say Russian forces use incendiary shells to set fire to crops, with fires breaking out every day. 
In the UK, two more former cabinet ministers have announced they will stand in the contest to be the next leader of the country's Conservative Party and replace Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Blake. The race to succeed Boris Johnson is gathering pace. Nadim Zahawi was appointed Chancellor four days ago. The former Education Secretary had been tipped as a possible successor for some time and impressed many with his handling of the Covid vaccine rollout. Grant Shapps, the Transport Secretary, is seen as a good media performer and, as a former party chairman, knows the grassroots well. Jeremy Hunt, who was beaten by Boris Johnson in the final round of 2019, will pitch to win back trust. The former Chancellor Rishi Sunak is the early frontrunner. His resignation followed Sajid Javid's last week, triggering Boris Johnson's final demise. And a, re- a cask of rare Scotch whisky has set a new world record after selling to a private collector in Asia for over $19 million. The single malt was produced on the Scottish island of Isla and dates back to November 1975. And now to the weather. It'll be fine and very hot with a few isolated showers, light to moderate easterly winds. The outlook, fine and very hot in the next couple of days. The temperature at the observatory now is 33 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is at 68%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Macau's casinos will be forced to close for the first time in its current COVID outbreak after the SAR ordered a week-long shutdown of all non-essential services from tomorrow. Ben Che reports. The Macau authorities ordered the one-week suspension of all non-essential commercial and industrial businesses, including casinos, to curb its latest COVID outbreak. Only companies authorized by the government, those providing essential public services, supermarkets, restaurants and healthcare facilities, are allowed to remain open. Under the executive order issued by Macau's leader, all residents are required to stay at home except for urgent reasons such as buying daily necessities. Adults must wear KN95 masks or those of higher standards when going out. And Macau officials reported 71 more infections yesterday, taking the tally in the latest outbreak to 1,374. Back locally, the hospital authority says it's stepping up testing to ensure that discharged COVID patients don't spread the virus into care homes. Elderly or disabled residents will have to take a PCR test on discharge to ensure that they're not still infectious. Dr Larry Lee is a chief manager with the authority. For the patients who receive equal or more than two vaccines, on top of the rapid antigen test, we want a PCR test. When achieved either a negative or a CT value more or equal to 30, we can let them go back to the hostels. However, for some cases that receive less than two vaccines, such cases need to be isolated in either hospital, CIF or holding centre up to day 14. We aim to increase the protection to the other cases in the hostel because they are are more prone to a severe illness. Officials reported 2,995 cases yesterday, of which 204 were imported. Hundreds of US abortion rights activists have gathered in Washington to speak out against the recent Supreme Court decision to restore the ability of individual states to ban terminations. The demonstrators say they want to put further pressure on the US Congress and President Joe Biden to take executive action to protect abortion rights. This activist said she would continue to protest. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like, um, for a myriad of reasons, I feel overwhelmed. Uh, The next step is just to keep fighting, right? Like, just to keep fighting and keep moving forward and to keep raising our voices up um, because we deserve to be heard. 
On Friday, Mr Biden sharply criticised the Supreme Court decision. He signed an executive order directing health services to expand access to pills prescribed to end pregnancies. To sport and in tennis, Elena Rabakina has won the women's final at Wimbledon. With her powerful serve, she came from one set down to beat Ange Jabeur of Tunisia by two sets to one. The BBC's Chris Dennis was watching. The stage was all set for Jabeur, the trailblazer from Tunisia, to become the first Arab player to win a Grand Slam title. And the world number two made a promising start, breaking early and taking the first set with her trademark slice and drop shot trickery. But Rebakina responded brilliantly. She broke in the opening game of the second set, finally found her booming serve, and any threat of a Jabeur comeback was snuffed out. In the end, the victory was comfortable and thoroughly deserved. Rebakina has her first Wimbledon crown, and Kazakhstan has its first ever Grand Slam singles champion. In badminton, Hong Kong's Angus Hung will go for his second Malaysian Masters title today after coming back to beat India's HS Pranoy in yesterday's semi-final. Hung, the only seeded shuttler left in the competition, lost the first set 17-21 but remained patient to win the next two, 21-9 and 21-17. He next faces Indonesia's Chico Aradwi Wardoyo who beat China's Lu Guangzhou. To Formula One and Red Bull's Max Verstappen extended his lead at the top of the Drivers' Championship and clinched pole position for tonight's Grand Prix with a controlled victory in the sprint race in Austria last night. The Dutchman beat Ferrari duo Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, extending his lead over the former to 44 points. Verstappen was happy to win from the front. It was alright. It was, a, I think, a decent race. We had a good pace in the beginning. I think after that, you know, it was, we were very closely, uh, closely matched. So, uh, yeah, it was good. It was, uh, you know, like a sprint should go quite, uh, quite flat out. And the news, the top stories once again. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will streamline procedures to boost the supply of land and housing. Voting is underway in elections in Japan's upper house. And Sri Lanka's president got to buy a Ratchapath. Rajapaksa has to step down following mass protests in which his residence was seized by demonstrators. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new colour, new dimension, new value, value, value and value. a new experience. Value, value, value. Yeah.